gray sky, hello blue. There's nothing can hold me when I hold you. So right, you can't Rockin' all week with you, a Happy Days Podcast, Season 6, Episode 2. I am your host, Dan. How you doing, everybody? Welcome to uh, this. You know, I stopped counting the number of episodes uh, that we've done so far. Probably close to more than 50. 60, maybe? I don't know. I'll, I'll find out by the end of this season. Well, I'll get in touch with you. It'll be great. But uh, welcome to the podcast. We discuss, uh, we go two episodes at a time. And in this uh, one, we are at the beginning of Season 6, and we are doing Westward Ho, Part 3, uh, which originally aired September 19th, 1978, written by Fred Fox Jr. If I remember correctly, didn't the first the first part, Westward Ho, Part 1 and Part 2, was written by Walter Kempley, and then Fred Fox Jr. was writing the conclusion. Didn't he do the same thing last year? Or maybe not. I'll have to look. I'll get back to you by the end of the season. I thought he was the one who wrote the um, the third part of Hollywood, which is the jump in the shark portion. But anyway, Westward Ho, Part 3, and then uh, directed by Jerry Paris. Both of these are directed by Jerry Paris. And then Fonzie's Blindness, September 26, 1978, written by uh, Ron Levitt, or Levitt, Levitt, and Richard Rosenstock, again directed by Jerry Paris. And um, when we left Westward Ho, uh, there was that jerk guy, H.R. Buchanan, who's um, going to foreclose on the, uh, was it Uncle Ben's Dude Ranch? And um, it's drawn close to that. I think they need, was it like $1,000 more, but they're short, and it's not uh, it's not looking great. And what what ends up happening is, um, what is it, Joni is in the back of like a horse-drawn carriage thing, and he throws like a firecracker or something, the horses take off, and Joni can't get to the, um, the bridle or the, the thing, you know, to stop the horses. And so she's going out of control through the woods, and uh, uh, Fonzie and Richie are on the Fonz's motorcycle, chasing after her to try to catch up to her. And the episode ends with um, the Fonz and Richie kind of going over a little jump into what looks like, it doesn't look like they're going off a cliff or anything, but maybe like into a gully or somewhere where it might hurt a bit. So I'm going to play a little bit of music, possibly. You may have heard this music in the previous episode, and you're going to be hearing it a lot this season because it's my new favorite thing. On the other side, I talk about Westward Ho, which I'll call Guestward Ho. I know I will. Part 3. Fred Fox Jr. has a some sort of um, obsession with making the Fonz deal with um, giant like killer animals. I, I I think I think in my mind it is um, that the Fonz is so indestructible in in Milwaukee. Uh, nothing that nothing there is going to stop him. So you. <laughs> You have to take him out of Milwaukee and put him up against something, a shark, a killer shark, a killer bull. And that's the only way that the Fonz can meet his match, as it were. You you, you, you think in this episode that he's met his match with Richie because Thunder seems to be all for him. But then um, there's that twist, which I don't know if, if it's a twist or if it's just... Uh, some laziness, I don't know, but it's just it's just that weird thing where, like, in the previous episode, Thunder was ignoring the Fonz, and not in the way that you ignore someone when you're being coy. I mean, 
I remember that happening in high school. I don't think it happened in college, but I remember that happening in high school where, you know, a gal would annoy you, go out of her way to annoy you, go out of her way to ignore you, and sometimes maybe annoy you, uh, go out of her way to ignore you, and then you find out later, oh, she's crazy about you. And you're like, oh my gosh, all right, I, I, I misunderstood the ignoring and annoying. Um, but, but the way Thunder treats the Fonz, as opposed to the way she treats Richie, isn't ignoring so much as, I'm interested in Richie. I'm not interested in you. So when Richie goes to tell Thunder that they can't have a romance because he's with Laurie Beth, and she says, Richie, I like the Fonz. It is alternately surprising and not surprising because apart from Laurie Beth, the show doesn't give the F- Richie a gal over the Fonz. We don't know why he, she, Laurie Beth uh, hasn't fallen to the Fonz's... Um, you know, wiles. And we, we will see when Richie leaves the show and the Fonz has to be sort of close to Laurie Bethany's Ben. We, we never have a moment, we never have an episode that I can remember where, like, you know, Laurie Beth and the Fonz are close and it's like, you know, I can't do this. I'm too, I'm too good friends with Richie. I know and I love Richie, but the Fonz, you're the Fonz. I know I'm the Fonz. Ayy. So that thing with with Thunder and the the her liking the Fonz, um, a, 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 a chunk of the episode is about the Fonz feeling inadequate. Um, in the episode, because Richie is treated as the hero because he's the one who jumps onto the back of the cart and leaps down onto that thing between the horses and and stops the horses and saves Joni, but it is the Fonz who drives him to that point. So he is as much of a hero. At least up to that point, and then and then Richie is maybe, maybe 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 one fifth more of a hero, and the Fonz is kind of feeling sorry for himself. But in the end, you know, the Fonz, everyone thinks he's a hero, and he saves the day by riding El Diablo the bull, and and the gal likes him, and it, and, and and so at the end of the episode, Richie is in the exact same spot he was, and everyone has forgotten that he was a hero because they're remembering the Fonz as a hero, and now the Fonz also has the girl. So the Fonz gets everything he wants, and Richie is exactly where he was. How did that happen? Hmm. I wonder if they bought, brought Fred Fox Jr. in for this, because maybe Walter Kempley was actually like writing a, uh, the draft of, 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 of like part three, and they were like, well, you can't, you can't have the girl go to Richie because of Laurie Beth. Well, surely, you know, we, we can have a, a scene where he you know they they sort of confront one another about it and that they like each other but he has someone else i thought she was going to say when she said richie thanks for telling me this but i've got a guy too you know he was one of the ranch hands who left and we're hoping when he he'll, we're hoping he'll be back if we can save the that's what i was hoping they'd do but they didn't and they kind of negated everything so if you go go back to the beginning when richie meets thunder and then see how she treats him, and then see how she treats the Fonz, see how they treat each other, and think the whole time, she doesn't like Richie, she likes the Fonz. She doesn't like Richie, she likes the Fonz. Now, I'm not saying that this is like Jacob's Ladder, you know, and you, and you reach the end of the movie, and you go, oh, that's what was happening, and then you go back and, and watch the whole thing again. I'm, I'm saying that, that um, it it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. It feels like it feels like Fred Fox Jr. didn't, didn't, talk with Walter. Although Walter is listed as one of the story editors, as is Fred Fox. It, it sounds like they didn't talk with one another about the way they were setting up the relationship. And that's 
I can't say I'm enamored of that. Um, it's a bit too pat. Um, you know, I, I th th think about it. Th think about it this way. Think about Hollywood. What what is the thing with Hollywood? So we go out there, and the Fonz is going to be a star, but he doesn't become a star. But Richie's going to become a star. So then, what happens at the end of Hollywood? Richie says, "No, I'm not going to be a star," and the Fonz jumps the shark, and everybody loves him. Same exact thing. It's about taking Richie and the Fonz to another place, taking Richie to a point where he might excel and then bringing him back down to earth where he hasn't excelled. I mean, he did save Joni. Yes, he did save Joni, and that was awesome. But by the end of the episode, no one cares. You know, when they're all sitting, having their hayride, and Potsy is singing another song, which I don't like as much as the song you're going to hear more of in this episode. Um, uh, it's it's funny. I keep hearing... And I'm sorry, that's a little tangent. I keep hearing that song. The life of a cowboy takes a trip to the Holy Land. Now, I don't think he says that in the song, but I love the... I, I, I've been, every time I hear that song, I make up my own words for it. I think I do, at least. And I like the, I like the fact that the cowboy in the song Potsy's singing about really wants to take a trip to the Holy Land. I don't know where I got that from, but I was just singing that like 10 minutes ago before I started recording, and I, and I thought, that is amusing. And I wish... I don't know, maybe it's just me. you got to amuse yourself sometimes, you know? It's, it's nice to make others laugh. Um... And and sometimes it's it's um, you learn after a time what can make others laugh and what, and what what can't. But if you can make yourself laugh, that's fun because generally you know what you're going to say, but not always. That's the fun. Anyway, back to the episode. It's um it 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 does feel more like a like an episode of the show rather than the variety show of the of the hour long opener. Um, but but at the same time. You know that they're not going to lose the farm. You wonder where the heck is Uncle Ben? Um, there's a there's a weird moment. Did I did I miss the Indian legend thing? Because Marion, there's a lovely scene with Mister Mrs. C by a lake, and they kiss and 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 they're talking about maybe coming back in the future, maybe with their grandkids. And she, and Marion says to him like, well, that's the one of the 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 advantages of getting old, the joys of getting old is grandkids. And and Mister C says to him like, well, well, to me. Um, the joy in my life has been being married to you, which I thought was delightful, which was really lovely. But she mentions an Indian legend, and then it isn't mentioned again. Did I miss? Was that in the, that was probably in the previous episode, right? They, when they were when when Richie and Thunder were on on the lake. See, I'm forgetting all that already. Um, if if Richie and Thunder said that when we thought Thunder was was uh, interested in Richie, then I've forgotten it already. It's gone from my mind. It 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 it, it it's wiped. It's like the Living Eraser from you know the uh, who fought the Living Eraser was an Ant Man. I forget Human Torch or Ant Man um, and Strange Tales. I I just it's just wiped from my mind. Um, and <sighs> yeah, I mean. Why, why is it taking so long for that side of beef to cook? I'm just looking at my notes now. Why is it taking so long for that side of beef to cook? They say in the end that the side of beef finally cooked, and it cooked so fine that it dropped into the fire. Sure, sure. Um, what else? There is a... Um, uh, yeah, the opening, the opening scene is pretty nice with the stunts and everything to stop the, um, stop the runaway horse guard. It is, it is funny, like... There, there must be, there must be a Fonz thing because, like, if Thunder saw Richie standing on the horse cart and leaping onto that thing and then pulling the horses, horses uh, to a halt, how, how could you not be like, oh my god? But she's not, she's not. Um, 
And then later on, when Richie goes in and saves the Fonz from Diablo, that doesn't do anything either. I don't, I don't fully understand. So I guess sometimes I don't fully understand the show. And to be honest, um, I, <laughs> to, to be honest, it's so weird that I never considered the jumping the shark episode from last season to be a jump the shark episode. But boy, my interest in this show waned over the last season, and I hope it wasn't too obvious. I'm trying to perk it up, bring it up now, because I actually think I properly fall in love with the show again when Richie is gone and the show has to adapt, adopt, and improve. Um, but right now we're still in the same sort of spot. We're still, you know, the, the show is huge and, and people love the show and and um, it's it's got this big uh, opening uh, uh, hour and a half long story, which is great, although it, this episode really doesn't have a lot of incident. It's, who does Thunder like? And the Fonz is going to ride a bull for eight seconds. That's really all that happens in this episode. And there's a long epilogue. It's, fu- it's fun to see them back in the house in the last scene. And Mr. C's telegram to, to Mrs. C is, is fun. Um, but but at the same time, like like when we're on that hayride and Potsy is singing, and then when Thunder, the Fonz, and Richie... Thunder does say, two of my best boys, two of my best guys, two of my favorite guys. And they ride, and suddenly it goes into slow-mo, and the music is playing. It's like... This, is, this isn't The Searchers. This isn't John Ford. This isn't a John Ford film. You know, these are... This is over... This is Gilded and the Lily, I think, just a bit. Um, but, how, having said that, they were absolutely huge. So doing this is not... This is just expanding the world they could be a part of. Now, the, now the problem, of course, being that, you know, the next episode, I'm fairly certain the next episode, we're not going to hear about their trip to here. And I'm fairly certain we're never going to hear about Uncle Ben again. And we're never going to hear... We might hear about, like, jumping the shark. But I don't think we're really going to hear about the Hollywood trip. I, if, if we might, I think Leather does return. So we might hear about Pinky again. But so much of these sort of big mythic moments are just one and done and they're gone. They don't, they don't continue. They don't carry on. Um, but overall, I mean, the episode has some laughs in it. Um, the uh, the bull riding sequence is exciting. We're going to talk about that in a minute. It's a lovely location. It's a lovely change of pace. Because we know for the rest of the season, we're pretty much going to the same sets over and over again. Um, and the same characters and, and that sort of thing. So it's nice to sort of be here. And um, it's like the Fonz in the end seems to love that horse more than he loves Thunder. And, and you, you sort of wonder, we'll never see Thunder again. So that makes it tricky. We'll never see Thunder again. So much of it was devoted to Thunder Likes Richie. Or does she like the Fonz? Or, hmm, what's going on? Who cares? You know, in about five, ten minutes, I'll be done talking about this episode. We're going to go on to Fonzie's Blindness, and we'll never mention Thunder again unless I bring her up or unless I play that song that Potsy sings about the cowboy going to Jerusalem and um, you think of her. Or unless I say the word thunder, there's a there there is a Halloween episode coming up, so I might I might say thunder and lightning, and so feel free to. I'm surprised was her horse named Lightning. You would have thought thunder, yeah, whatever. Uh, okay, so so I mean that's about it for this episode. They're really like the last episode has a, is an hour long. It's got a hell of a lot of stuff going on. This really doesn't have much at all going on. Um, you know, the first half is who does thunder like. Save Joni, who's Thunder like? The second half is riding the bull, giving that 
Buchanan the money, making him go away and wrapping everything up. And it is nice to spend five or so minutes sort of wrapping everything up. It's very much like um, in the first two seasons of Doctor Who, like 63 to 65, there were quite a few stories, mainly they were written by Terry Nation, like Daleks and um, Dalek Invasion of Earth and uh, say the web planet where, or space museum also where you would just, the story would be over but then you spend a few minutes wrapping it up and the thing with Doctor Who of course is that when Patrick Troughton took over, Patrick Troughton's character the second Doctor's thing was that he would immediately leave the moment he could he didn't stick around like William Hartnell's first Doctor did um, he, he would immediately leave So, um, and I think both of those have their advantages and I actually wouldn't have minded if they just if if there had been a bit more incident in the episode and we hadn't spent so much time hanging around at the end of the episode because I felt it got cloying um but that could be just me um I want to discuss one more thing before we go on to Fonzie's blindness and that is Fonzie riding the bull so he's supposed to ride the bull for eight seconds I don't know the way timing has gone if um I went to a rodeo once when I was very young I mean, very young, and I have no, I have no remembrance of it. Apart from, apart from a few moments here and there, I remember the rodeo clowns. I remember the barrels. I remember, I remember gates flying open, but I don't remember paying attention to when the timer starts. So he's supposed to be on Diablo for um, eight seconds. And the interesting thing about that scene is the gate from the gate flying open to when Richie yells, "You did it, Fonz!" is twenty-three seconds. And the weird thing is that if you do, once the gate flies open, if you go from the moment the gate flies open and you do like I did and you go one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, you, it's almost three full seconds before it cuts away from the font. So he's almost halfway into the ride when we start to cut away to people. And the last four or five seconds of the 23 are not on the fonts at all. So so when it cuts to him and he's like, oh, you four seconds, Fonz, it's literally like 12. And it was like two seconds left, Fonz, is like 21. And, and so you're like, mm, that might be cheating a bit. That might not be quite right. But you never know with something like this how the cutaways work. Are the cutaways happening after? Do we, do we see the three seconds of the Fonz and then the cutaways occur after? Which means they're four seconds, five seconds. Or do the cutaways occur as the Fonz is getting out. So they're meant to be sort of parallel cutaways um, 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 mixed up with the Fonz. The Fonz is stunt guy on the bull and the close-up of Henry Winkler kind of bouncing around. Um, I will say this, however, that I'm, go- I'm going to give the the sequence it's a thumbs up and say that if you actually sit there and you go one Mississippi, two Mississippi, or, or within that realm... Uh, you can go low, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, or one Mississippi. You, if you if you go like that every time from the moment the gate opens to the last time you see the Fonz before Richie yells, you did it, Fonz, it's approximately eight seconds. The Fonz, whether it's a long shot or the close-up, is on screen for approximately eight seconds in those 23 seconds. Now, granted, the last four or five, he's not on there, and they're still counting down. But technically... He is on there for eight seconds only during the 23 seconds. So, I mean, I might be off by a second there, but the segment is off by a bunch of seconds. So I would say that go watch it, and the moment the gate flies open, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five. 
from Mississippi. You do like that, and you'll get basically to. I, I was at seven Mississippi, eight. Mi- I was right there. So as far as I'm concerned, that's 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 eight seconds. That's eight seconds. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, so uh, let's let's hop on to the next episode. I, I could probably talk about this more, but I don't know that there's much more to talk about. So let us hop on now to Fonzie's blindness. Uh, let's see what happens in this one. So I gave you the writer. Um, uh, uh, writer and everyone on this one and it's Al hits the Fonz in the head with a metal tray and the Fonz goes blind and the Fonz is not doing well and so Richie and Ralph and Potsy take apart the Fonz's motorcycle and put it in his apartment to help him to help him get over it to have him put it together by hand to show that he's still worth something um and and um i I won't go into it too much more right here but it was always such a sad moment when they from this point on when they decided to make the character of the fonz blind he he wouldn't have been so great on the motorcycle saving Joni if he'd been blind in the previous episode but we'll see so this fonzie's blindness i'm gonna play you a little something that you are gonna love and then i'll be right back and always looking for a friendly smile He don't like to be alone This is called the rodeo This is where you will find the quiet hero This is called the rodeo This is where you will find the joy and sorrow I think that I posted a bit with Joanna Wilson, Christmas TV history. Joanna Wilson and I, um, when we when we did um, when we talked about the Christmas episode that's coming up later in this season, we also did a chat about the death of the sitcom, and was kind of saying that more or less the sitcom began to die from the early '70s when it began to become socially relevant and instantly dated. And then as the seventies went along, you started to get the very you started to get the thing of the um, the very special episode, which took over the eighties. And so by the time you got to the nineties, a show like Seinfeld, whose motto was what was it? What was it? No kids, no hugs, no lesson learned. You, you you that is exactly where sitcoms need to go back to, because you hit the 60s and the the 50s and you just sitcoms were about laughs and they're about having fun and then the norman lear sitcoms took over and they all had some sort of thing they were doing that um uh yeah could could work or not work that just like i recently watched an episode of all in the family and it was like jokes that lucy would have thrown out mixed with social stuff circa 1972 1973 that was dated as part of my french hell so so by the time you get to this point this is 1978 and 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 um Happy Days isn't really doing... Happy Days does some socially relevant stuff, but I think with this episode, Fonzie Blindness, we really get... Um, well, we've we've had this before. I mean, he had the episode where he, he hurt his leg, or what What did he do? I think, was it Fonzie Loves Pinky? I forget, I forget which part three, where he hurt his leg, and it took forever to get up and moving again. But this is different from that, because that came out of something larger, whereas this is just something stupid. 
um, you see Al like waving around a metal tray as he's doing his things, and then he goes in the kitchen. The Fonz walks in. Al is, comes out waving the metal tray, hits the Fonz in the face, and the Fonz goes blind. Um, you you would think for a guy who gets into so many accidents and has so many crazy stuff happens to him, they could have done something better than that. That seems slightly ludicrous to me. And the the Fonz has done this before. Look at the thing with his legs, where the moment the Fonz has something bad happen to him, he becomes useless. And there is a very funny scene early in the episode where he is pretending like he can see and everything is fine, and or or at least like he he can he can work with it. And there's a lot of great slapstick with the family as they're trying to prevent bowls from being knocked over, or him eating the plant, or pulling away the tablecloth. Some nice slapstick. Joni has a great moment, yeah, where she replaces the plants with vegetables, which is very smoothly done. And the audience gives her a little applause, which is nice. As a very very fun scene, but then it like previous times with like where the Fonz almost dies. One, you know, it gets so maudlin. The Fonz gets so maudlin so quickly, and in the end, when he kind of affirms, you know, when his eyesight's back and he affirms that he loves the Cunninghams and they're the favorite and they all love him too, and he basically, you know, says, "Rich, you're the best." Um, that's all awesome. That's so awesome. But at the same time, you're you're seeing this thing where, like, we know the Fonz isn't going to be blind. We know he's going to get his eyesight back. And in fact, they do it so casually. It's it's like you you get the scene where the they bring in the Fonz's motorcycle. He puts it back together blind. He and Richie go out. Then the next scene, the Fonz shows up and he's like, "Hey, I can see again." Okay, I guess that's great. Um. I don't, um, it's, it's, it's true because I, 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 you, you know, he's not going to be blind. So who cares? Who, who, who cares? You know, and there are some nice moments and some really good acting, but the writing is just a big, who cares? You know, the Fonz is blind for 13 minutes, 15 minutes. Who cares? <laughs> it's, I, 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 I wish I could be more excited about it, but just, he get he just gets so maudlin, and I understand he gets so maudlin, but the thing is, the gals still love him, and they're all around him, you know, and, and it's just like, the people love him more than ever, you know, if, if he's going to be a bit blind, and it's, I, I, I applaud Richie uh, taking the hard tactic and pushing him, and I, uh, and the family has seen this before, and the way they're like, Richie, what are you doing? Is, is, is again, kind of ludicrous to me. And is it, I'm not saying this is a bad episode because it further cements, you know, the relationship between Richie and the Fonz, and it further cements the relationship between Richie and the Cunninghams, which is awesome. But the contrivance of the story is just a big shrug to me. And and I, I, I literally, I got halfway through it, and there were a couple moments when, I'm sorry, I fast-forwarded a little. Because I know, okay, I, I, I know what happens here. Okay, I've seen the episode before, you know, and normally I'm very, I sit there and I watch them very close and I take notes, but there were a couple moments here where I was like, oh yeah, this bit, I can fast forward a little bit, I don't need this, I, I, and maybe I missed a really important moment or two, but I don't think I did, and I didn't, I, I, it was no more than 30 seconds <laughs> that I went over, just like, I can't, okay, there we go, and it, it's just, I wish... I wish they didn't have to do... I wish they could think of something better. Uh, 
It's when you watch the closing credits, there are like 40 story editors or story executives working on the show. You know, like Green Acres, which, you know, as you know, is, is one of my all time favorite shows. Dick Chevrolet was the story editor, and Jay Summers and Dick Chevrolet wrote almost every episode. You know, they didn't have a half a dozen story editors and story executives and story consultants that they could go to. Is this really the best thing? How about the Fonz goes blind? Ooh, how does he go blind? Does he get in an accident as a motorcycle? Uh, no, we don't really. We're using a lot of film for the... We're using a lot of um, a location work for the uh, the, the get Westward Ho. So let's just, um, let's just have Al hits him in the face with a metal tray. That makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. No. No, no, no. The episode starts off not making sense. It makes less sense as it goes. And in the end, there is the, there, there is the great scene where, where Ralph and Potsy take his bike apart again, and then he reveals that he can see, and they take off running. I like that. I thought that was lovely. Um, but so much of the episode is just like so... The Fonz is so maudlin, and Richie's doing his best... And, but and you know it's not going to last. They, I mean, they don't know it's not going to last. Obviously, the characters. But I think anyone watching it is going to be like, okay, yeah, this is going to end soon. This is go-. you know, and 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 it's like, when is Fonz going to get his eyesight back? Let's see. We're fourteen minutes in. How about um, seven minutes? Eight minutes? You know, and, and you know, again, um, not. I mean. It's it's funny. I actually I want to go back now to the episode after we jumped the shark and count the episodes that are like this for me, where it's like this. It's just it's just. I mean, I I don't mind if something absolutely silly happens and we never reference it again. But there's something about like the Fonz goes blind and then we're okay. That um. What would Thunder say? Who? Thunder who? Yeah. I I wish I really had more to say about this episode. I just, um... Yeah, yeah, Ron Howard's great and Henry Winkler's great in it, but it's just... It's... It really is the start of the very special... In this episode of Happy Days, the Fonz goes blind and has to learn how to deal with that. As the members of the Cunningham have to learn how to deal with that, too. What will happen... Will this tear them apart? Is anything funny in this episode apart from uh, Potsy and Richie on the weightlifting team and that opening slapstick scene at dinner? I don't know. I wish there was. I wish there was more to say on this, but I, I really, truly feel like this episode is. Um, I wouldn't call it a full-on dud because it has a good scene and it has some great acting. But it's just like I said, it's a very special episode of Happy Days, and these very. I mean, I'm not. I'm not tuned into comedies to be taught lessons. I'm not tuned into... That's why. That's one of the reasons why a lot of the Norman Lear shows do nothing for me. I'm not tuned into comedies to get a discussion on the social issues of the day. When I tune into a comedy, I want to laugh. You know, recently, I just rewatched several Marx Brothers movies, Animal Crackers and Horse Feathers and Duck Soup, and I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. And there's never anything special I learn from them. All they do is make me laugh. And if the purpose of... If you're a sitcom, which is a situation comedy, and your purpose is to make me laugh, then make me laugh. Don't F around with all this maudlin junk that, that frankly, gets on my nerves. And I feel like this is... Like Joanna Wilson and I said, Happy Days was one of those shows 
that didn't specifically have very special episodes but was a huge show that was a precursor to it it took instead of doing well there were social episode issue episodes but instead of doing issue episode after episode that was social issues it was doing more things like this with the with the fonzie's blindness that were very special episodes and shows following it say like different strokes which um I believe at this point, Different Strokes has premiered. Different Strokes, which should have been a hilarious show, is filled with these special issues, issue, the, the very special episodes, and Facts of Life, the spinoff is even worse, and they get so bad as the 80s go along, you can't, you, you can't tune into an episode and just enjoy it. You have to, they're teaching you something. I don't want these people teaching me anything. Make me laugh. It's a comedy. If you can't make me laugh, get another job, huh? I'll take your job. I, I, I would I would die to write. Well, not die, but I would love to write a funny sitcom. I would love to be part of a writing team running a funny, writing a funny sitcom. And when you watch episodes of the show like this and you see all the people involved and you think, apart from that one scene, this isn't funny, then you're not doing your job. Do your job better. I know it's the sixth season, but do your job better. And I'm, I'm truly hoping, and I do, again, I really sound like I'm getting down this episode. I guess I am. Just because I, I don't like that... I don't really like that the show is going this way. Um, I'm not... I'm not getting enjoyment out of the show. I'm having a, I'm having a tough time. I, I will tell you this. This episode, normally the way I record episodes of this show, and then we'll wrap this up. Normally the way I record episodes of this show is I will watch each of the episodes. Then a day or two later, I will come back to them. I will watch them again. I will take a bunch of notes. Then I'll record. Then I will record the opening. I'll pick some music. I will listen um, very closely to uh, the recordings to make sure everything sounds good and everything makes sense. And then I'll upload it. What I did today was at about 10.30 a.m. This is, this is May 7th, 2022, Saturday. 10.30 a.m., I started, I recorded the opening, and I started watching Westward Ho Part 3. A couple of, couple of sidetracks here and there, but it's now 1.15. Two hours and 15 minutes later, and I'm about to finish this, and the episode will be done by 1.30. So in less than three hours... I recorded this entire episode. I watched them once. I watched this episode once. I did all the editing. I did all the recording. I'm not. I'm not spending the, the the time because I'm not enjoying the episodes as much. I'm hoping that as the season goes along, I will. But at the moment, I'm really kind of not. And I'll wrap up here by saying the coolest thing about this episode is I had put time wise. I had put the Fonz moving into the Cunningham's house around 57 ish. And in this episode, the Fonz says that um, when Richie says, can you find the door, the Fonz says, well, I've been finding it for the last three years, which means he's been there three years, and the Christmas episode for this year is very specifically 1960. So, boom, we're in 1960, and we got a Halloween episode few. so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put us around September of 1960. That's fun, and actually I had more fun learning that than I did watching the episode. Sorry. Uh, next up, what do we have next up? When we wrap this up, next up we've got... Oh gosh, it is. I'm gonna have a look here. It is Casanova Cunningham and Kid Stuff. Oh, Kid Stuff. Oh. Okay. Oh gosh, yeah. I'm looking at the plot lines for both of these. I'm not 
enamored of either kid stuff i remember specifically getting on my nerves okay we'll see sorry everyone i, I don't mean to be so negative but um uh maybe the show did jump the shark when the fonts jumped the shark um but let's keep going. Let's find out. Let me let me play you a little music. No, it's not Potsy again. It's the, it's the Happy Days theme. And we will be back next time. Talk to you then. Monday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday.